I'm Alan Lytle, 91.3 WUKY News. It's time for another edition of Saving Stories, our award-winning history series featuring Dr. Doug Boyd from the Louis B. Nunn Center for Oral History in the UK Libraries. It's a segment where we feature audio from the collection. Good day to you, Doug. It's good to be here. Doug, February is Black History Month, and the University of Kentucky is celebrating the 75th anniversary of the desegregation of its campus. The Nunn Center has been collecting oral histories on the history of the University of Kentucky since the very beginning of our existence. And many of those projects and interviews feature interviews with that first generation of students to come in after the desegregation of the University of Kentucky. We also have 10 interviews that had been conducted with Lyman T. Johnson. And Lyman T. Johnson was the first African-American student to set foot on the UK campus. And obviously, why was that? Kentucky had a law on the books uh, called the Day Law, and the Day Law specified that students of different races could not be taught in the same classroom. The Day Law had been challenged before Lyman T. Johnson's case. Essentially, the University of Kentucky kept setting up these satellite programs at Kentucky State University in Frankfurt for the African-American students to attend. But that, of course, uh, changed uh, around 1949. So Lyman Johnson brought a lawsuit against the University of Kentucky that basically specified that the facilities that were being provided to African-American students in these classes were separate, but they were not equal. And he won. But now we have some newly discovered audio 23 additional interviews that have been conducted with Lyman T. Johnson. Wade Hall wrote the book, The Rest of the Dream, The Black Odyssey of Lyman Johnson. And it was written based on a series of these 23 sessions that he conducted in 1979. And they're not really a chronology of events in these new interviews. They're more philosophical discussions that are pretty powerful. If if this wasn't a very uh, rather frightful time in your life when around the late 40s and early 50s when McCarthyism was rampant and you were you an agitator. Yes, well, you see, um, one of the best ways to hush up a person in those days, and it isn't, it's, it's not used much, but it's very effective even now, is to refer to a person that you don't like as a communist. And the next thing, after they label you a communist, they therefore assume that you're guilty because they themselves labeled you a communist. Then the next next thing they throw at you is, if you don't like this country, why don't you leave it? Mm-hmm. Uh, my attack is, is not to back down off of my principles and my beliefs and, and, and the things I have confidence and trust in. Not to back down. But to simply say, you say I'm a communist, Prove it. Second, when you say, if I don't like this country, why don't I leave it? Then my classic illustration is that if my house is leaking, I don't get mad at it and leave it. I just get the ladder and get me some tools, and I get up on the house, and I patch the leak. I say, that's what I'm going to do for my country. I love it. I like it. And when I see its imperfections, I'm not going to get mad at it and leave it. I'm going to get mad at the imperfections. Isn't that a danger in nationalism, uh, this idea of love it or leave it? Oh, yeah. uh, I've I've said any number of times that that leads to provincialism. It leads to uh, a false position, uh, a a, a false sense of your position Mm -hmm. in society. 
when you believe so much in the in the rightness of your own little concepts, first you start with your race, your nation, then your race, then your club, then your family, and then even in your family, you you think, uh, well, maybe. Um, even my brother and my sister and my mother and my father, maybe they're all crazy. Maybe I'm the only one who's got any sense at all. Uh, you just think everybody else is, you're the soldier who thinks everybody else is out of step. And you don't know yourself. You really get a chance to take a trip inside the mind of Lyman T. Johnson. Words that ring true even today. And these interviews are all available online. Yes, KentuckyOralHistory.org. They're part of the Wade Hall Papers. Interviews with Lyman T. Johnson. Doug Boyd from the Louis B. Nunn Center for Oral History in the UK Libraries has been our guest again on Saving Stories. Thanks for having me.